Hello, hello. Jamie Sire here. Food Network Obsessed is going to be off for the next couple of weeks, but we wanted to leave you with a little treat to listen to while we're gone. You're about to hear an episode from the Best Thing I Ever Ate podcast based on the hit Food Network TV series. On the Best Thing I Ever Ate podcast, you'll hear direct audio from the TV show with Food Network stars from city to city eating and chatting with chefs about the best things they've ever eaten. In this episode, Stretchy Pants Required, you'll recognize some of your favorite voices from Food Network Obsessed, like Ann Burrell, Cartier Brown, and Antonio LaFaso talking about their favorite dishes that just might burst your buttons. Can't wait to hear what they say. Fried chicken is definitely on my list. And if you like this episode, you can listen to even more of The Best Thing I Ever Ate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So without further ado, here's The Best Thing I Ever Ate. Who doesn't love great food? It's more than just eating. It's an experience. Do we have any more? This is the best thing I ever ate. Okay, if someone said to me, stretchy pants required, I think of a huge portion of really fatty food. Sometimes that might mean helping me recover from a big fat night out. <laughs> The Fat Club from The Little Goat in Chicago by my good friend Stephanie Izard fixes what's ailing me. <laughs> I've never had too much fun in Chicago, but I've definitely had a lot. I go there and I'm like, mm. everything involved in the sandwich is delicious. And all I know is that my stretchy pants are feeling a little tight. So first up, we're going to make the fat bread. We're gonna start with our yeast. Then we're gonna add in our two different liquids. We've got milk. Beer, hello. These are both gonna add the moisture that's gonna make the bread get nice and crunchy on the outside and also help it toast really well later. And then we're gonna add in high gluten flour. We're gonna mix this together and let it sit for about two hours. Now we're gonna add our next phase of ingredients, some more flour as well as our fat. Either duck or goat fat. So the fat is going to bring just a really nice sort of spongy texture to the bread, make it really springy and then it has pickled mustard seeds in it as well. And then we're gonna let this sit again for another couple of hours until it rises and it's all ready to go into the oven. They take this fat bread, butter that like it needs it, and they toast it so you get the crunch of the bread. You know, brown food again tastes good. Get it all ready for the sauces. First, we're gonna start off with some mayonnaise. And then you have this special sauce, which is ketchup and mayonnaise. You have the Havarti, ooey gooey yum. You have turkey, yes, delicious. Then you have crispy, crunchy bacon. Thin sliced tomatoes. Cabbage, another crunch. Smoky ham, crunchy cucumbers. Avocado that's been smashed with a little bit of salt and some lemon juice. I mean, hello. It's meaty, it's crunchy, it's creamy, it's salty, it's a little bit sweet. Yum, this is delicious. And the bread has great flavor, that beautifully fermented tang to it. And I have a big mouth. It's hard to open my mouth big enough to get this in there. But believe me, I do it. Afterwards, I'm like, ugh. Like, take my stretchy pants off, or maybe I just need bigger stretchy pants. I don't know. <laughs>
my favorite thing is to just look at everyone's reaction when they place that plate down. Everyone's like, this can't be real. No, no. They call it a sandwich, but can you call it a sandwich if it feeds six to eight people? When I put on my stretchy pants, that means I'm headed to Edison, New Jersey, to Harold's for that XL corned beef and pastrami sandwich. It's so massive, but it's so delicious. The pastrami sandwich is, I don't even know how many pounds of meat it is. Three pounds of meat. It's three pounds of meat? It's 1.5 pounds of corned beef, (laughs) 1.5 pounds of pastrami. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. And now that I know, I can't tell if that makes me more excited or horrified at myself because I've eaten it so much. It's like a giant, like, meat mountain. Like, it's a meat mountain, mountain of meat. (laughs) First, they get high-grade, high-quality, super-flavorful brisket. We pumped it full of brine. Now we put it in brine, and it goes into the refrigerator for three days. So it has that corned beef flavor. Then after that, they boil it for three and a half hours. Then time to hook it up with the pastrami. We cure it with the same solution that we did the corned beef. And then we put coriander, caramel, and garlic. But instead of boiling it like the corned beef, they smoke it. Now comes the time where you need to get your stretchy pants ready because they stack that mountain of meat between two pieces of Jewish rye bread. And then they give you the extra rye bread so you can build your own sandwiches off of this mother load of a sandwich that is placed down in front of you. It's so big. And then there's like a little piece of bread on top and like a flag. (laughs) What makes it so delicious is that corned beef and that pastrami. The corned beef has got like a very nice, super juicy, super flavorful, a little bit peppery, mustardy, New York staple flavor. The pastrami has got all those beautiful factors going on as well, but you get a nice smokiness that's awesome with that acidity and that beefiness. You don't need stretchy pants to eat here, but it'll help you. The first time I had this pizza, I made the mistake of wearing overalls, and they just felt shorter and shorter when I stood up. Rookie mistake. There's certain meals where I have to wear my stretchy pants. One of those, the Cacio e Pepe pizza at Pizzana in Brentwood, Los Angeles. It's like, give me the stretch. It has so much cheese. It's fabulous. Cacio e Pepe is usually pecorino, romano cheese, and pepper tossed with a pasta. But this is a pizza. It's perfection. Watch out pasta, because there's a new sheriff in town. First things first, you have to have really good dough. My dough is really simple. It's just flour, water, and a starter that was made from my family 64 years ago. That's the heart of a good pizza. This dough has been uh, seeding and fermenting for 24 hours. Right now, I'm about to portion it and let it ferment for another 24 hours. So it'll be rising and doubling in size, and that's where all the flavor starts to develop and really good texture. Now it's time for the Parmigiano creme. In the good cacio e pepe pasta, there is always a cream that is made out of pecorino and a little bit of pasta water, but I don't have the pasta water. So what I did is to blend a little bit of ricotta, Parmigiano cheese, and a bit of heavy cream. Hence the need for an adjustable waistband. 
we're gonna spread it all over the crust and then we're gonna add a provoloncino di agerola, which is a young provolone, and then fior di latte, which is a drier version of mozzarella. I sprinkle parmigiano reggiano, and then in the oven. Pizza comes out of the oven, it gets cut. Parmigiano cremo is getting drizzled all over every piece, and then a little sprinkling of cracked black pepper. I've got my stretchy pants on. I'm there for a reason. I like to eat with abandon. Mass quantities, please. And the crust itself is so good. It's this wonderfully stretchy dough. Just little bits of char on there. The Parmesan has this really nice nuttiness to it. The Fior di Latte, it's mild and creamy. And then the kick of cracked black pepper. I'm eating it and I'm on a complete high and then it's finished and I'm so sad that it's gone. But I will go back again and again. I've even been known to maybe go two days in a row. These are award-winning ribs. They fall off the bone. They've been smoked for hours. You gotta wear your stretchy pants if you go to a place like the Pig and Pint in Jackson, Mississippi. I get the Hola glazed baby back ribs with two sides and a slice of toast. At the end of the meal, I feel good, but then I also feel like, ooh, yeah, I might have overdone it a little bit. <laughs> it was so good when I tried it. It was like an outer body experience. I just heard like angels singing. It's like heaven. They have perfected the smoke rib. We're looking for a sweet and savory flavor to come through in our rub. So we mix together chili powder, salt, brown sugar, pepper, white pepper, onion powder, and garlic powder, and paprika. There's a really nice cut of baby back rib, and then the rub just really seeps down into that meat, so you're getting layers of flavor, I mean, all the way down to the bone. These are ready to go on the smoker. At 250 degrees for two and a half hours over hickory and hickory lump charcoal. It's a cleaner, sweeter smoke than you would find from other hardwoods, and uh, it really complements the glaze and the rub that we use on the ribs. While the meat is smoking, they make this glaze. It starts off as a simple syrup with the cola. Then we add vinegar, Worcestershire, soy sauce, and chipotle peppers. Then we add our brown sugar and fruit preserves to balance out the heat a little bit. Then to finish it up, we add a little of our pig and pint sweet sauce. Once the ribs are smoked, they brush it on there, so you get that nice, smoky flavor, and then you get that sugary glaze on the back end. Heaven sent. And I don't want just the ribs, I want the whole thing, I want the whole shebang. I get a side of their melt-in-your-mouth collard greens, macaroni and cheese, and this piece of buttery toast. Get that first piece of rib, and it's so flavorful. I'm tasting the smokiness. I'm tasting the sugary glaze of the cola. I'm tasting all of the spices that go into the rub. And then the meat just melts. It's like, what happened? It just disappeared. And then you get that salty brininess of their collard greens. You get the creaminess of the mac and cheese. It's a perfect recipe for good barbecue. Just make sure that you have adequate stretchy pants to do it. I mean, this thing is ginormous. Bring your stretchy pants, because if you eat this whole thing, you're going to need them. It's going to be like Thanksgiving dinner right to sleep afterwards. <laughs> I live in Denver, Colorado. We have a lot of great Mexican restaurants there. Adelita's, these guys do it right. The earth, sea, and sky mochahete is 
the bomb. It's kind of like in between fajitas and stew, almost like fajita soup. It's delicious. Me and my business partner, Casey, and Johnny, my corporate chef, probably eat this every 10 days. I mean, it's got shrimp, steak, and these giant chunks of cheese floating around in there. It's so hot, you'll burn everything in your mouth and face, but it tastes so good. So when they make this thing, they actually make the broth. In the broth, we have tomatoes, jalapenos, and garlic. We're going to boil with water, and then we're going to blend. It's like a spicy tomato sauce. And the jalapenos, we never know. Sometimes it's spicy, sometimes no. So you can add little by little. The next thing they do, they take the mocajete, which is this big earthenware bowl, and they flip it upside down on a burner. They're getting this thing absolutely ripping hot. Put this delicious broth in there, it starts bubbling and going crazy. Then they add Monterey Jack and cheddar cheese. This delicious carne asada, marinated in lime juice, garlic, black pepper, perfectly cooked chicken, green onions, some Nepalese, which is cactus, the shrimp. And at the end, the panela cheese. It's very similar to like a mozzarella string cheese. There's giant chunks in there and it comes out with a big old side of flour or corn tortillas. I like flour because I'm from the Midwest and that's how we roll. So you take your first bite, bow, flavor city. You get the steak, it's all beefy and irony, delicious. And you know, the chicken's cooked perfectly and the shrimps, they taste like the ocean. And then Nepalese has this beautiful, very like green flavor to it. And it's all coated in this awesome tomato chili sauce. And you get the cheesy, gooey, cheesy piece. And all those beautiful juices running down your arm onto your stretchy pants. And it doesn't matter, because you got your stretchy pants on. Stretchy pants don't care. You get stretchy pants as dirty as you want. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. 12 layers of red velvet cake. Need I say more? <laughs> Stretchy Pants Dish is one of those dishes where you're eating it and you're eating it and you feel so good, but you know, hey, I just increased myself by a waist size or two. I'm talking about the 12 layer red velvet cake at Southern Art and Bourbon Bar. This cake cures every craving that you can possibly have when it comes to sweet and delicious. This cake is definitely big. It'll hold you over for at least 30 days perfect amount of moistness, the cream cheese icing over it. Oh man, it's, it's beyond words. It's just layers and layers and layers of love. You say the higher the cake, the closer to heaven. So what's in it? Of course, sugar, eggs, and oil. All-purpose flour, baking soda, baking powder, salt, and cocoa. But we make it special by coffee. Coffee gives it that richness, deliciousness, that robustness and it enhances that chocolate flavor. Now, we don't use none of that red dye stuff. We use beet juice to give it that beautiful rosy color. They fold in the buttermilk. Gives it wonderful, tangy flavor. And then mix in the vanilla. Scrape from the beans. It's a piece of cake, honey. <laughs> they layer everything on baking sheets, and they do this 12 times. Place it in the oven 325 degrees for six minutes. The next thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna ice the cake. You have cake, you have that cream cheese icing cake, cream cheese icing cake, 12 layers over and over and over, and it's floated on the top of this raspberry sauce with the strawberry garnish. As you bite into the cake, 
You taste subtle notes of that coffee that was blended in along with the cocoa. Perfect amount of moistness. That cream cheese sweetness just softens it up. And oh, it, <laughs> you just want to savor every bit of it. And all you're doing is making something, mm, oh, oh, yes. Now the scary part is I've told the world about it. So make sure guys over at Southern Art and Bourbon Bar, you keep one on stash for me. <laughs> Korean barbecue is an experience. You go there with no apologies. You show up in stretchy pants and you're like, this is what we're about to do. The beef bulgogi at Parks Barbecue in Los Angeles. Perfectly sliced ribeye, just marinated, and all the banchong that goes along with it. I call them Korean snacks. <laughs> I eat all of it. You guys at home, stretchy pants all day long for this. Korean barbecue is so, so, so good. There's only one person on the planet who may love this place more than I do, and that would be my daughter, Zaya. You want to see her reaction to Korean barbecue? <laughs> she has no idea. Uh -huh. Hi. Hey. How do you feel about Korean barbecue? Parks barbecue, like specifically, how do you feel about it? It's the best, why? <laughs> do you want to go there right now? If I came to pick you up right now, could we go get Korean barbecue? Is there Wait, are we going? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry, it was a joke. Are you serious, are we not going? <laughs> I'm hanging up on you. Nope. <laughs> so to make this dish, they're using ribeye. Ribeye is wonderfully marbled of meat and fat. We're gonna slice it in the slice machine. So perfectly thin. And then it is perfectly marinated. I'm gonna put some sugar, black pepper, sesame seed, garlic, chopped green onion, pureed onion, pureed pear, soy sauce, Korean cooking sake, sesame oil. The last one is honey. Mix everything together and then put the meat in here to marinate it. And then just with tongs, they just start putting it on this very hot grill. You have banchong for days in front of you. The beef bulgogi caramelizes, chopstick, mouth. Tasting the meat, it's gingery, it's beautifully peppery and salty. I'm like salivating right now, just thinking of like soy sauce and ginger, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> and then another serving of meat goes down as they're bringing kimchi stew, as the seafood pancake comes in this way. Can I get more kimchi? Can I get more spicy cucumbers? Like it's so much and it just goes on for hours until you're basically popping out of your stretchy pants. <laughs> and you're like, if I don't get home soon enough, I'm gonna fall asleep here. For safety, you have to make it stop and then you go home. 